happy Friday. Happy Friday. Is it weird that I'm like taking a deep breath on a live broadcast? Like this is my break today. I'm taking a deep breath just in front of you all, if that's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a busy day, right? Well, but a fun day. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what's new? Hi, Joe. Hey, Bryce. Sleeves but no shoulders. Sleeves but no shoulders. I know. I'm I'm covering up a new piece. Did you know that? <laughs> what, what was that face? <laughs> that was a surprise face. Um, yes, Kim, it was great to see you in person this week. I'm so glad we got to do that in uh, Southern California. It's awesome. Uh, and don't apologize for being human, Albany says. <laughs> I don't think I have ever apologized for being human. Yes, um, Alicia. I'll show yeah, it to you we, later. We can cover the new ink a different time, right? Yes. It was the digital equation for success, right? <laughs> I told Jason last night, what else would I get? The digital equation for success, obviously. Of course, right? Mindset? <laughs> yes. Awesome. Well, I hope everyone's having a, a good week. Um, thank you guys so much for joining. Um, great to see the community up to, wow, 1,887 people. Oh, my God, uh, look at that. Yeah, great growth um, week over week. And um, once again, just so glad that uh, so glad that you guys are here. Um, Wait, Howard, you have a signed Angus Young guitar in your collection. I'm dying. We need to have this conversation. Well, I mean, maybe he, you want to buy it from him. I, if I'm Howard, I'm not selling. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I need the story. Did you meet him? Incredible. We'll play a little ACDC going out for you, Howard. So um, <laughs> onward. Um, how is everyone today? Uh, we always start with our green, yellow, and red. Um, green, feeling great today. Yellow, not so good. Red, need some help. Um I'll start with me. I'm red. Mm. The first time I've ever been red. What? I mean, not the first time I've ever been red in my life, but first time I've ever been red on this Friday uh. Uh, on this meetup. Hmm. Hmm. Ah. Hmm. Look, we got some oh. good greens, though. That's awesome. Look at all these greens. That's good. Yellow, green, a frustrated yellow. Mm. Um. <laughs> Good light. Wow, lots of greens. Very cool. Jess, what about you? Um <laughs> defiantly green as usual. Um, probably a little yellow. I wish I had more time in the day. I wish there were 10 of me. I wish I had more. There's just a lot to do and work on and sort out and people to be responsible for and customers to make happy. And there's a lot of work to do. But I love it. What a good problem to have. Tammy, we need to get to you from red to green. <laughs> Thank you for saying that. Um, I, I, I'm actually pretty green uh, in the whole scheme of things. Like if we all look at how lucky we are in life, um, we're all uh, very lucky. So my red is just I did something really stupid and I have no idea what the frick to do about it. So, um, hmm. which we all do, right? Yesterday I was with my 14-year-old and I... Uh, came home from his uh, restaurant choice to take me out for my birthday, which was noodles, um, 
which was a cute little choice. Mm-hmm. And while I was uh, um, getting home, I took all of his garbage out of my car, threw it away, and in the same time, threw away my wallet. <gasps> and as I threw away my wallet, <laughs> this morning I took the garbage out, and then the uh, garbage truck took my wallet. Oh. So my uh, wallet's in a garbage truck somewhere. And I have a tile in my wallet, so I actually... Um, so you know where the garbage truck is right now? See that my wallet is traveling throughout Minnesota somewhere at the moment. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so that's a little bit red just because I'm supposed to be traveling, supposed to be renting cars, things like that. So uh, <laughs> nothing you can do, but I guess it's uh, just a momentary phase of red. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look at all the oh, no, oh, no, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, unfortunate thing. So if anyone if anyone asks me to buy them anything, I have one credit card <laughs> that wasn't in my wallet. So uh, I have no driver's license. I have oh, I have a Caribou uh, and Starbucks. On my <laughs> Other than that, that's all I have. So uh, anyway, all good. Yes, at least I know where it is. I'm not going to the garbage dump, Tanya, unless you come uh, get into the dump with me. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no ID. I have a passport, Bryce. Sorry, I do have a passport, so that's good too. Yeah. Um, yeah, but other than that, all good. Um, and it's great to know that uh, most people are green. Um, Jess, you and I had got an opportunity to spend some time in uh, Southern California this week. Mm-hmm. It was awesome to get a little vitamin D and sun and change of scenery. And what a fantastic literally fantastic event. It was, uh, I don't think I forgot how well produced these events can be and should be and what a great experience they can be. I think this was literally top notch, um, but really, and it was good to be together with our internal team. It was great to be with our customer and so many other people. Um, Yeah, it was great. Yeah, so we were at the uh, ADP Meeting of the Minds um, event, which was held in Anaheim this year. Uh, great, great event. Got to see some great um, ADP leadership in action. Got to share with a bunch of CHROs and CIOs and CFOs uh, some of the trends going on in the space. Got to hear Jennifer Hudson. What do you think of Jennifer Hudson, by the way? I love her. I was already a fan. I mean, he, I was never really an idol fan. I am a fan of The Voice. I watched her as a coach, a judge on The Voice. Uh, generally speaking, her story is amazing. Uh, her you know, her, the way she was discovered, how she's built her career, how multifaceted she is. She's just a, she's a super talented, amazing woman. Uh, she, she's re- really quite spiritual too. Um, and definitely connected and loyal and committed to her, her family and her close circle. It's a pretty, pretty impressive. Uh, and she was so real. I mean, she was like 30 feet in front. We were like front row VIP seats, lucky us. And she was, she was right there. And I literally felt like she was a girlfriend sitting across the table, having coffee. <laughs> like she's very real, very authentic. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thanks, Kristen. Yes. Fabulous. And uh, yeah, she was a ton of, uh, a ton of fun to listen to and definitely, definitely um, inspirational. Um, talked about a new talk show. Am I supposed to say that? Well, I guess she said it in front of everyone else, but yeah, new talk show that she's doing, which is awesome. Um, so lots of, uh, lots of good stuff from her coming up. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, from the ADP, 
Oh, that's a Tesla. I thought that was a garbage truck. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, during the uh, um, during the ADP event, I had an opportunity, like I said, to work with a bunch of CHROs and CIOs and CFOs. And one of the topics that Jess and I talked about um, talking about today on the meetup with you all, um, because we really didn't want to um, bombard with another guest. Last week, our guests were heavy um, between um, Katerina from Ukraine as well as uh, uh, Mark, excuse me, not Marcus Buckingham. Um, he was the week before. Last week, we also had Allison. From the uh, Mom Project. Um, this week, we didn't want to do that. We wanted to just have a conversation with you guys. And one of the topics, I have three uh, that I wrote down. Uh, the first one is, and it's, it's such an overused one, but it's employee experience. Mm -hmm. And there's so much banter. Um, and blah, blah, blah about employee experience today. And what is digital employee experience versus what is employee experience? Um, is there a difference in today's world? And just the whole, what's that thing behind you? Oh, did you see that? that was a squirrel that just came up to your window. <laughs> there was a squirrel that wanted to come in um, to talk about employee experience. The neighbor's um, cat always wants to be here too. <laughs> I think that was a squirrel though. Um, but the uh, um, this concept of is there such a thing as employee experience and digital employee experience? Um, it's really important as a book that I'm writing right now. Um, and it's fascinating because we as all digital humans are kind of having to be put in this position of thinking about, okay, is there really, should we really separate the two between employee experience and digital employee experience. Donna said she's been craving a conversation with you guys. Um, I have a feeling this is going to turn into an ask us anything. No, <laughs> no, no, I, you know, no. But, but I mean, we're all digital people. I mean, look at this. We're all meeting here. Like I'm freaking tracking my phone on a, or my wallet on a tile app. Um, you know, like we're all living in a digital world. Um, I think I said on the speech I gave yesterday, I thought that was a Madonna song. Um, is it? Why do we keep saying that? I'm living in a digital world and not, oh, that's a material world. Ma yeah. Are you a material girl? <laughs> living in a material world? I think that's what you're going yeah. for. Maybe I should write my own song. We're living in a digital world. But do you think, I mean, what do you think, Jess? Do you think there's a difference? And I'd love everyone's opinion on this. And if anyone wants to come on live, um, please feel free to let us know and we'll bring you on. But is there a difference between employee experience and digital employee experience not technology employee experience but digital employee experience so just like i said earlier i've never once apologized for being human i have never once introduced myself as a digital human being or as a digital employee or as a digital worker i don't introduce myself as a worker either hi i'm jess I'm living on planet earth in the year 2022. I'm not digital. This is just when and how I'm living. And I, like, I, I think we overthink this a little bit or maybe we haven't been overthinking it enough. I'm a human being. I'm a whole multifaceted, complex, layered human being. This is when I live, this is how I operate. These are my circumstances. I'm in the middle of Minneapolis. Like, so design an experience for me. And the tools that are available to us today happen to be digital. So that's how we're going to design an experience. But 
that's how I think of it. I'm not digital Jess. I'm just Jess. I'm all of Jess. <laughs> yeah, that's really interesting. So you would be just just to summarize as that garbage truck Tesla goes behind me again. Um, <laughs> to, to summarize, you would be in favor of just saying employee experience, I believe is what you said, and not saying sep something separate like digital employee experience. Like there's one employee experience and there's always an employee experience, but it's just a question of when it is that's being attached. And right now we live in a digital world. That's like saying, Jason, I am moving into a new house. I need an electricity strategy. <laughs> don't say that stuff while I'm drinking. <laughs> I don't need an electricity strategy. I want to turn on the lights. Like, why are we over explaining digital? This is the world we live in. Uh, but yes, we are still explaining digital. I guess that's where we're at. But but that's that's like eventually, yes, that should drop from our vocabulary. So do you believe that there and I'd love your guys thoughts on this. Do you believe that in today's world that people are not that there's there are people in the world that are not digital who are analog? <laughs> yeah. I could actually lose my wallet and go for a week more. I bet I could go longer using I pay for everything with my mobile wallet. I hardly ever take a card out anymore for anything. I don't know when the last time is I used an ID. Actually, I did have to show an ID last night for my tattoo. <laughs> like, uh, when's the last time you wrote a check? Well, when is the last you time you show an ID to get a tattoo? Yeah. Why? Uh, it's a legal, state legal requirement. They have so then to I have think you're over 16 or 14 <laughs> or whatever the age is for a tattoo or what? They need a copy of it because they're not digital. That process is not digital yet. Okay. So everyone's digital. So when we talk about employee experience, we should just say employee experience, quote unquote. Um, and the way that we solve to meet people where they are <laughs> is to really think about um, leveraging digital capabilities, right? In your person, yeah. in your mind. Yes. If I'm designing a a digital, so we've talked about digital natives and digital immigrants before. We're talking about this because we're digital immigrants. We're we're still adjusting to what we used to know, what we know now, and what is now becoming normal and commonplace and expected. But my kids are never going to talk about digital strategy. They're just, and yours, I mean, they're just digital natives just expect to turn on a smart TV and see recommendations for them. They don't expect so to have to figure out programming. And, right. you know, Most people that are just entering the workforce now were born digital. Right. Right. So they're not, there is no concept of analog or doing things in other ways. And then all of a sudden they get to the workforce and they're like, what the heck? Right. right. What the heck happened? Uh, Katie just said, should it be digital people experience? And if we are people at work, that naturally should flow through. Mm -hmm. Or should it just be people experience? People experience. That's what I thought you were going to say. You know, and the only reason we're adding digital once again is because it's quote unquote new to us. Right? Mm -hmm. Bob just said there are analog physical components of 
employee experience, though, mm -hmm. and the ratio is higher for deskless. Totally agree. Once again, Bob, though, that's just people experience. And then based on the persona, how do we want to deliver that people experience? I think it boils down to natural human behavior. It should be probably a mix. It should be whatever comes natural to you, whatever feels natural. The fact that Tracy had to explain a fax machine to her 16 year old. If you, if I walk into McDonald's and you ask me to go home and submit a resume via fax, number one, I'm 16, I don't have a resume. Number two, I don't know what that word is you just said. And number three, why are you sending me home? I'm right here in front of you. Don't you want me to work for you? Like yes. maybe right now in 15 minutes. So none of that would feel natural because it's not what's possible, what we're used to, what we're accustomed to. It's not consumer-like, it's not modern, it's unnatural, there's dissonance there. And so I think, it, should some of it be analog? Should some of it, sure, of course. Whatever naturally feels seamless, connected, normal, sort of like the fastest point from A to B or fastest path, you know, um, maybe that's what it boils down to. And I think that's, I think that if we say people experience, it covers a lot of these comments. So Bryce said, if you yeah. force digital, then you can exclude some people, then so much for inclusion. <clears throat> and no one's saying anything about forcing digital, but I guess if you call it a digital people experience, you kind of are. Yeah. And, so, and count how many pieces of technology that you touch every day. The digital experience is natural part of mm -hmm. our everyday life. I mean, but once again, is it is really digital? I mean, yes, the answer is digital, but you know, is it? Do we need to separate it? Uh, Steve, thank you for calling out my book. Said, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I talk about high glove or high touch, or excuse me, white glove or high touch. Um, it's all part of employee experience, but it has to be intentionally designed based on who our audience is. Um, hello, Madan, by the way. Um, you know, Donna said the employee experience is facilitated by digital technical elements. And I wonder, I mean, I wonder if employee experience, if that term is, I mean, because there's so many organizations, like one of the big topics in, in Southern California with the table that, that we were at, Jess, was candidate experience. Mm -hmm. Is candidate experience covered by employee experience? It's not today. It should be. There's one experience, one experience. One human, one experience. Me and my journey, cradle to grave, hire to retire, what do you, whatever you want to say. Um, the fact that it's so separated is partly to blame for our heavily siloed <laughs> approach to supporting holistic employee journeys. We silo it, so it is siloed. The, the experience isn't connected because we have no way to, so we're not delivering a connected experience. Right, Bob says applicant to alumni. Mm -hmm. so, but isn't that just people experience? Yes, same. I mean, it sounds like to me, just people experience. It's just a question of where they are in the process of yeah. engaging an engagement, quote unquote, with you. Um, and, and to further reinforce that point, um, I just got off the phone a little bit ago with McCarthy, largest contractor in the United States, employs 3,000 3,000 employees at any given time, 3,000 craft workers and operations and, and um, you know, home office, you know, people, corporate people, I should say. Um, but guess how many W-2s they issue every year, Jason? 3,000 employees, how many W-2s do they issue every year? Well, 12,000. Yeah, yeah. 12,000. 
that's how often they onboard, uh, offboard, onboard, offboard, because you're going to a job site, you do a job, you build a building, you go away. I'm going to come back and work for you in two months. So it's not even hire to retire. It's how many times are we going to do this together? If it's a great, easy experience, we're going to do this together lots of times. I'm going to come pour concrete for you again next month. Um, so it's one person, one experience, and you're creating all, you have to consider the whole journey. Yeah. Um, Tracy said, uh, John said, applicant is dating employee is marriage. Um, funny, John. Nope, because if you're McCarthy, we're going to divorce and remarry, divorce and remarry. <laughs> like, <even that laughs> yeah, analogy where, where you are at the moment, right? Yes. Uh, Tracy said, it's kind of like work-life balance. We just keep talking about it. It's all the same thing. All squished yeah. together in this thing called life. Uh, yeah. Like <laughs> reference. Um, yeah. yeah. So, so I guess the answer is that we're still using digital because a lot of organizations are not up to speed back to the question of it's 2022 outside of work. What year does it feel like inside of work? Our experience outs our people experience, same person outside of work yet is one way yet inside of work it's so different mm -hmm. and that causes huge enragement issues does that make sense mm -hmm. like we're really this is an open brainstorming discussion here not same answers um bryce said that's why i'm still not sold on digital strategy versus human strategy employee customer supplier um, Tammy, we have one life with experiences as a person, human inside and outside of work. <laughs> Bryce, businesses are still afraid of humans. It's like a continuum, one human experience trying to transitioning to the next and the, and the cycle goes on beautifully said. Yeah. I mean, when you think about it, I, what's your favorite store, Jason or restaurant? Is it noodles? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. But you um, want a beautiful experience every single time you go to shop at Lululemon or eat at noodles or go to your car dealership. Yes, I had a delivery right outside my door here a few minutes ago based on an order I placed online yesterday. And I have a return from something that I placed online last week. Wrong pair of pants I ordered, wrong fabric. And they said, hey, you don't have to send them back, just take them to your store. Mm -hmm. So think about that, like that experience of being able to meet me where I'm at, like beautiful. Yeah. And it's going to be lots of different interactions and transactions and whatever, but it's still one brand experience. Maybe it's brand. I don't know, but it's one experience. We're hi, Jason. We're Lululemon. I hope we have a great relationship together. You yeah. might not be, you might be a customer three times this month. You might not be a customer again for two years. But that brand experience and how you how that interaction feels, it should feel very familiar to you. You should know what to expect, how you're going to be treated, how to interact with that brand, what the return policy is. Are they easy or hard to shop from? Um, it's the same same thing for employers, especially. I mean, obviously, McCarthy is a unique story with a unique workforce. But who doesn't say they don't have a unique workforce with unique challenges? Um, you're all just a little different and how, and, and how you describe the uniqueness is a little bit different, but it should be one brand, one experience, one human. I might be a customer and an employee. I might only be a customer. I might only be an employee. Um, but, but I think we have to, I definitely think we have to think more holistically. 
Thank you, so, Howard, for the photos. <laughs> yeah, let's, so let's continue this and let's talk about another thing that I wrote down here that I wanted to talk about today. Um, and by the way, if you guys have topics you want to add to this, I love you guys interacting with this free form conversation. But the word I wrote down on my pad here is creepy. <laughs> I know where you're going to go with this, but I'll let you explain creepy. <laughs> I, I love the fact that you gave that face. You're like, WTF, what's he going to say? <laughs> uh, so you remember the conversation we were in earlier this week where it came up quite a bit, right? Creepy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that's really, does anyone know I'm going to go with creepy? Let's see if anyone can guess where I'm going with creepy. Um, if, they, if anybody does, Elise isn't in here. Uh, maybe she is. She hasn't said hi yet. If Elise was in here, she would know creepy. Would know what I was doing. Maybe Bob will go there. Okay, creepy. I was gonna look for a song, creepy, but I didn't to play first before creep. we creep. We'll go out with creep then. <laughs> Do you know creep that song? Yeah. No, yeah. I didn't know that song. Oh, yeah, I'll find it for you while you explain creepy. <laughs> the, okay, what do we have? Employees watching employees uncomfortably close. Mm -hmm. eh, kind of, but eh. Uh, that digital tracks you. Closer. Ish, yeah. Uh, AI. Mm. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Bob wins a prize. Uh, that's not the right answer, but not my browser history. Um. He uses DuckDuckGo for that. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> wow, I'm impressed. You actually know DuckDuckGo. I heard a commercial about that today, and I've never used that. So here's an example I'll throw out there to get us a little bit closer. You kind of got it with Elizabeth. You kind of like, like when, when an ad follows you across applications and browsers and devices because you clicked on one thing, one time, one place, and that ad just chases you everywhere for three months. That's a little bit closer. Are we going for, go ahead, Jason, d d d d data, <laughs> data-driven personalization? <laughs> oh, there's creep. Thank you for adding that. Yes, um, thank you. So, Mark said cookies, employees communication based on their history. Kim said cookies. So uh, I actually did an interview with a candidate uh, for someone um, working at LeapGen on uh, Wednesday evening. And I had a long conversation about this topic of creepy. Um, and, and the way it came up was one of the things that we talk about all the time with experience that makes you actually feel, feel, like a company knows you is the way that it addresses you mm -hmm. and not just the way that it addresses you, but the way that it services you, the way that it gives you and leads you on journeys, the way that it pushes training to you, the way that it design, you know, through design delivers to you. And the question becomes, is creepy okay in that context? I did a count last night, and don't ask me why, uh, but I did a count last night. I got 312 emails yesterday wishing me happy birthday. 
by systems, not not from people, but mm-hmm. from systems. Everything from I know Tammy's Aunt Dairy Queen that got me a free cup and a cone or a free cone to a McDonald's to basically I mean every one of our customers Lemon, everyone wished me happy birthday. Now, the question is: Is that creepy? Does that make you feel creepy? John, yes, I sign up for a lot of things. Um, is that good or is it bad? Or is it not enough? Because I don't mind the... <laughs> I don't mind the... I don't mind that. But I would like more. I would like them to know more about me than just my birthday. Birthday seems kind of shallow. Like, yeah. hey, it's your birthday. You know, but I would have loved if Dairy Queen said, say, hey, it's your birthday. And based on the fact that the last three times you've been to Dairy Queen, you've had hot fudge Sundays. Here's your hot fudge, a dollar off hot fudge Sunday. Like that would be like, whoa, that's even a better experience mm-hmm. than just a random, here's a cone type thing. Mm-hmm. Now, is that too creepy? And then when we think about delivering employee experience, how creepy quote unquote and we can get rid i can stop using that word you know is is too much because we know that employees feel better if they feel known Mm -hmm. that's a lot of data that shows that so love your love your thoughts on it jess as well as others uh christine just said i'm fine with kind of like targeted communication as long as the data is being handled responsibly not Mm -hmm. shared completely agree. Alicia, I'll send you a hot fudge Sunday. Totally cool. Uh, Bryce, actually to bring it back to work, what is creepy is that the company thinks it knows based on just my social security number and address. Isn't that the purpose of providing my phone number at checkout? Yes. So just go ahead. So it all depends to me, it all boils down to, is it accurate and is it useful? Does it actually help me? I love Spotify. It, for the most part, recommends new music, new artists. It thinks I'll like based on my listening history. The algorithm's pretty good. Not always. It's pretty good. So I like it. It's useful to me. I actually get value out of it. It makes my interaction fun. It makes the experience worthwhile. I discover new new music, new artists. I go down rabbit holes. I binge on it. Well done, Spotify. From a work perspective, if I logged in this morning and my user interface said, hey, Jess, you just returned from a trip. Here's your flight. Here's your hotel. Any other expenses to add? I'll submit this for you. That's pretty freaking good. If that, if that was good and accurate, it would not be creep, creepy. It would be incredibly useful to me. If it was way off, totally wrong, and where did you actually find that? How did you get that? That is not where I stayed. I'd be like, whoa, what's wrong? Broken and creepy, maybe? Turn off. So it's got to be good, and it's got to make my life easier. It's got to be better for me. Yeah, uh Steve said, I think this is an individual choice. Difficult to have just one way. Which, Steve, you know what that means? We don't do anything. So don't, I don't want to get mad. But that's what I've been dealing with with my whole life in HR is individual choice. So therefore, we don't do anything. 
I often find that some people I talk to are way more sensitive than I know. Then I won the data very, excuse me, way more sensitive than I won the data various systems know about them. Uh, I, I think that's cool. But at the same time, what do we do then? Do we say, do you want creepy or not creepy? Or do we say, hey, guess what? Because some people want it and some people don't, 99% uh, of the answer is always, well, we can't do it because someone's going to get offended. And if that's the case, I think we're really wasting a massive opportunity. Yeah. That's just like we talked about candidate and employee experience. If by the way, Steve, one of your students I was with last night or two nights ago, by the way, thank you for uh, offering the opportunity for us to speak to them. Sorry, Jess. Well, to kind of back to the candidate and employee experience and the disjointed, you know, if, if you just asked me to fill out 17 screens of fields about myself and you didn't bother to parse my resume, I had to fill all of those fields in and I screen after screen, everything you could possibly want to know about me. And then you hire me and you ask me to fill all of that out again. Enragement. Not that, see, to me, that feels creepy. What? That creepy bad that you're asking me to do it again and exactly. again and again. So, so again, it has to be useful. It has to be, it has to be right, and it has to be useful. It has to make my life better. It has, it has to add value to me. And if you then use the information you know about me, if you sent me a new hire welcome basket with art supplies for three kids. I don't think that's creepy. I just told you I had three dependents on my tax form. I don't know. Like maybe I'm going too far, but you get the idea. Like you act like you know me. You just asked a whole lot about me. You just assessed and selected and screened me in. Like you already know a whole lot about me. Use that to continue to enhance and elevate my experience in a way that adds value to me, in a way that's useful to me. If I tell you I want a Mac, not a PC, give me a Mac. Now give me other tools that might go with a Mac. Don't ask me the question again. Um, and so like, that's literally where we're at though. We're not even personalizing experience beyond much more <laughs> other yeah. than confirming basic information we already have. Experience or an individualized experience. Steve said, not saying do nothing. We should never make decisions that support the exception. I think most people are thankful for systems completely said. And that's where I think a lot of us have gone wrong, Steve, is that the data hasn't been accurate, so therefore people don't want it. Um, Bryce said, either I treat you like a whole human or I treat you like a number. Pick one. And I, I mean, like, <laughs> mic drop, Bryce. Yeah. I completely agree. Like, either we're going to treat people like a number and not know anything about them, and, well, okay, I feel better, or, quote, unquote, you know, really make them feel good that I know them. Uh, Rex said different strokes for different folks. Do what's right for your culture and let it be the decider for people if it comes to that. You know, completely agree. Mark, we need to be careful that it isn't too cookie cutter. Yes. The data field there should be done. Yeah, I mean, once again, it's not just decided, quote unquote, like, okay, we're, we're doing this way or this way. It's truly like what makes sense for the culture, back to what Rex said. And then we don't just stop with data and say, okay, now humans don't have to talk to people still. But it should be something that, wow, 
wouldn't it be cool mm-hmm. if I woke up and it was my birthday and there was a package delivered from the company, even if it was nothing more than a t-shirt mm-hmm. that said happy birthday. Like, how would that make you feel? It'd make you feel good. Mm-hmm. And in a moment where things weren't good, you'd be like, huh, they actually cared about me. And I think too often the opposite happens where we do provide information. There's lots of inputs. We're giving lots of inputs and signal, or I should say outputs and signals and information. And if there's nobody receiving it, or if you asked for it and then you didn't do anything with it, like, so we're going to veil next week, Jason, for our offsite. If I asked Alicia, do you have any dietary restrictions? I'm vegan. Okay, cool. What's your favorite color, blue or red? I'm bringing some gear, some t-shirts, some swag. Uh, my favorite color is blue. Awesome. Do you prefer um, a first floor or or a room with a view? Uh, I love. I'd love to see the mountains. Room with a view. And she shows up, and I give her a yellow t-shirt, a non-vegan menu, and I put her on the ground floor. Like you just. We do this all the time to employees. We use information we have laying around us, literally at our disposal, at our fingertips, and we do nothing with it. Or worse, we ask and then we don't follow through. The action doesn't match what we heard, what people are telling us. Well, how much does the personalization slash individualization have to do with experience. <laughs> Alicia, I'll take care of you. <laughs> How much does it have to do with experience? A lot Every, or a little? Everything, a lot. Okay. Think about candidates. A lot or a little? A lot if you want to attract and nurture and hire the right people. There's a lot of competition. If somebody is getting in my face, I came from, I was at the beginning of the whole wave of recruitment marketing, employer branding, talent attraction. We had all of these conversations. How can you continue to refine and personalize experiences in a way that keeps driving talent down a conversion funnel? I promise if you do a better job of this, you're going to get more people in the top of your funnel and you're going to get them further down the funnel. If I visit your, we used to have a customer, a healthcare customer who was building out their career site. And it was so, this was really cutting edge 10 years ago. It was so personalized that if I came to your career site and told you that I'm a nurse by either searching nurse jobs, going to your nurse careers landing page, signing up for nurse information. If I gave you any data indicator whatsoever that I was a nurse and maybe a location indicator too, so I'm a nurse in New Jersey, every time I come back to your career site, I don't see the same thing. I see more personalized content that shows me, hey, we have a job fair for nurses in Persephone. Oh my God, how personalized. You know exactly where I am, what I'm interested in, uh, and you're giving me timely, relevant information. That's not creepy. That's data intelligence. That's a personalized experience that has incredible value for me and is probably going to help you hire me before the hospital down the street that has no idea what to do with me when I come to their career site. Interesting. Thanks for going on that creepy path with me. There's not <laughs> an to this, you guys. We're, I mean, we're still feel, we're still working through this, and as I said, creating kind of our now of work together. Elizabeth kind of leads me to the third thing that I have 
um, written down here weirdly, um, but it's really important. It, she said, I think it has to do a lot with experience. If you make that employee, I'm sorry, I'm so bad at reading you guys. Um, <laughs> if you make that employee feel as though they have a voice and are valued and things are acted on the way they, on, on they are way more bought into you and the organization. And, and the funny thing is what I wrote down is voice. Mm. Employees have a voice. And Jess, Jess knows me this week, so she's probably knows exactly why I bring the things up I'm bringing up. But to me, it's such an, in, that's such an interesting phrase. I was actually doing a deep dive in my brain with it last night. Sounds fascinating, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> giving employees a voice. Like we've been on product demos this week and even at ADP, we saw some demos focused on employee sentiment. Um, you know, we were on some other pre-briefings this week that talked about, you know, voice of employee. But then there's give employees a voice. And just when you think about that, how much of a voice do we need to A, give employees B, is there a point where it's too much? And then see how much do we act on based on the voice? So have we gotten to a point where we just want to be the intaker of voices? Or do we somehow balance that and say, hey, let's intake and then let's make sure we sh show through action which pieces we're going to go back on. But Jess, I'd love you use that phrase a lot, voice of employee or give employees a voice. And there's a lot of other people in this group that use that a lot. So I'd love to hear just some comments on that. Well, you have to create an environment for if, if you, if you, <laughs> um, number one, employees have a voice. I already have a voice. You don't have to empower it, activate it. You have to tell me if you want it, but I have a voice. I hope I have original thoughts and unique ideas and creative expression and lived experiences that you might benefit from, that the company might value. There's tons of research out there about diversity of thought, lived experience, drives innovation faster. You want a diverse creative, self-expressive workforce because you can actually grow faster and innovate faster. So if you want it, assuming that you value contribution and voice and ideas and expression, you have to create an environment where you ask for it and where you're able to do something with it. Don't set an expectation that every opinion is going to show, show up in an action. Um, Alicia might have said, I want to go to Nashville, not Vail next week. Great. Thank you for that idea, Alicia. But this time we're going to go to Vail and here's why. But we still value your opinion. We still heard you. Um, you might, Jason, I'm, I might tell you we should start selling ice cream cones tomorrow because you had such a great experience with Dairy Queen. That's awesome, Jess, but that's not what Leap Gen's going to do. <laughs> and so, so, do, you know, do you want every opinion, every voice? Well, sh sure, I've set some barriers. But assuming that you're hoping ideas, innovation, input, um, different opinions, you know, hope, hopefully you're welcoming diversity of thought, experience, um, different backgrounds, 
Um, then you have to create a vehicle where you're able to sort of circulate through and vet and then find a path forward for the stuff that has meaning and value right now, acknowledge the rest. Um, but I, I, that's, that's the problem that we see so often with employee sentiment and employee listening. Like, don't ask me if you don't really want to hear it or if nothing's going to happen. Um, I, I think that like, just don't ask probably until you're ready <laughs> for it. Um, but then, but that's where empo employees feel valued and heard and they find inspiration that at least I know you heard, like there was an acknowledgement there. And then when we move forward, we move forward together, even if it wasn't exactly, you know, like, okay, I get it. We're going to do this instead of that. Thanks for having the conversation. Thanks for hearing me. Thanks for listening. Um, and that's where I think you can build incredible loyalty, engagement. Uh, people feel bought in, even if the outcome isn't their own, they feel bought into the outcome because they were a part of it. Um, I think that's the opportunity there. And that's where people struggle a lot with inclusion and diversity, to be honest. They do diversity, diversity, diversity. You haven't actually created an environment where people feel valued, like they belong, like their contributions are wanted, um, where they feel included in conversations. And so you can check a box and hire for diversity. And then they come in and they go, but do I belong here? What is this? Uh, how, how do you intend to ask for my contribution or, or realize my value? Because the environment isn't there to support it. Thank you, Tracy, for being here. Have a great weekend. But I, I think that one of the, I mean, there's there's a, been a couple of great comments in here. Christine made a great comment. If you allow employees to use their voice, you have to be clear, intentional, consistent with how you respond and why you respond that way. Um, and I think that's really important because there's, what's your expectation once you use your voice? Right. Is the expectation that action is going to be taken and the action that's going to be taken is your way? Um, is right. the expectation that, hey, can, thank you for for sharing, and that's it? Mm -hmm. Is the expectation, thank you for sharing, but sorry, that doesn't fit with where the company's going? That's the hard part to me when you actually think about these listening tools. Because mm -hmm. one of the things I think is going to be a challenge you know, over the next six months to a year are these listening tools doing all this listening and not enough people acting. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of listening, 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 listening. We need to listen. We need to listen. We need to listen. We need to listen, which is totally cool. And I completely agree with it. Yet a lot of managers don't know how to act. And a lot of managers aren't blunt enough to be able to say, thank you for sharing, but guess what? We're not doing that. Instead, they just hear and then never respond. And how does that make employees feel? Um, I think these listening tools are going to create this huge set of expectations that employees have. Hey, if I if I make if I show that this is how I'm feeling, things are going to change. Well, and back to Bryce's earlier comment, businesses aren't afraid of humans. <laughs> I think yes. I think if you were to do a, a a survey, like kind of be careful what you ask for sort of thing. Like, are you prepared to receive the feedback or understand the sentiment that comes back? And, and like, are, what are you going to do with it? 
Are you prepared? Like, what if you did a survey today, Jason, and everybody was off the rails? Well, what if you weren't ready for that? What are you going to do about it now? Like, right. were you ready to even ask the question? <laughs> or yeah. did you need to, you know, sort of take the pulse um, so that you could make an informed decision about, I mean, that's what, that's how organizations need to think about the follow through, understand, seek to understand, validate with data, let that inform probably the next steps. Um, and I, yeah, I think, you know, Alicia said it earlier too, uh, or somebody did, sorry, um, just set the right expectations. I'm just getting a pulse here. I'm just getting some input and perspective. Thank you so much for that. Or can you, that's way different than, can you actually make this decision for me? Yeah. Uh, Bryce said, man, humans can be icky and no one likes dealing with icky. Icky, um, icky. Humans are complex. Yes. They're beautifully broken and diverse and complicated. And uh, yes, they come with all kinds of warts, but there's, yes. I know what you meant, Bryce. And I, Yep, we can be icky. Isn't that a great thing? <laughs> John said, some managers are not empowered to act, sadly. And I think that there are some managers that aren't empowered. And I think there's some managers that don't know how. Because managers are humans, icky humans too. <laughs> yep. like, help help me help people. I'm a, I'm a people too. <laughs> so thank you for, um, thank you all for those comments. Let's see if there's any others that flow in. Um, my fourth bullet that I added today, which I was just reflecting on my week, um, sans wallet, not <laughs> wallet related, was the whole travel experience. Um, you know, and I'm traveling. I know, Jess, you're traveling a lot in the next four weeks. I'm traveling a lot in the next four weeks. Um, Did you do you think anyone changed? Do you think anyone changed um, their behaviors based on what happened during COVID for the last two years? Besides still wearing a mask on a plane, which is going to go away. Um, I mean, is there anything that you noticed that was drastically different? I mean, I can share the story that you know <laughs> just got off the plane uh, in Orange County, California, carrying. I, I watched her get on the plane with a suitcase. I watched her get off the plane carrying a kid. Which <laughs> I, I, I don't know how that works, uh, but that happened. And um, that probably would have happened pre-COVID or post-COVID. Um, so, like, did you notice any changes? Like, did you notice people, like, partying harder or hugging more or... I mean, I can't judge the family behind me from Milwaukee. I think that family would have behaved exactly. <laughs> Nothing against Milwaukee. I was born in Milwaukee. Uh, they partied pretty hard on the way to Disneyland, I will say. And that was probably going to be the case pre-COVID. Maybe we're all a little like, we don't know how to do things anymore. And maybe we're we're going a little too hard or something. Like, <laughs> I don't know. And it, yes, it felt weird to me. I'm used to my, uh, I think my fo my focus has, I, I don't think I'm the only one, my focus has narrowed, my world is pleasantly small, as small as I choose to keep it or make it, you know? And so- What about that conference with all those people? Did that yeah, feel weird? 
No. What about that Starbucks line? Did that feel weird? Or is it, I mean, yeah. seriously, I, I don't want to create, I don't want to like change the world just because of what happened the last two years. There's some things I think that may go back to normal. Yeah. I, I think, I mean, you didn't get in the Starbucks line because it was too long. Has your, um, Jess, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is, that, that that's a prima donna problem. That, <laughs> in my whole life. But is that because you're just used to like, oh, I can't order on the app. I can't have it waiting for me when I. That, no, yes. So that is a, that is a, that is a, that is an experiential thing. Yeah. Where I'm like, well, seriously, you can't order on the app and you have to wait in this line. Um, I, I would have not waited in the line pre COVID or post COVID though. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I think it's just fascinating um, because people seem to be fully engaged and you know people went to alicia keys and people were outside uh enjoying each other um yeah. and so i mean i think that for the anyone who thinks that uh conferences per se or get-togethers are not valuable or that human interaction <laughs> is not valuable um i i i i think it is um because what yeah. i got out of that i mean you know how many conferences we've done in the last two years online. Um, we got so much more just being at that conference for two days with humans. Not that the people online aren't humans, mm -hmm. but there are, I mean, we're going to have to learn now, what are the, where do we spend our time? Mm -hmm. You also know it took a day to get there and a day to get back. Right. Which has you wearing an ACDC hat this morning and yeah. me uh, like out of energy. Yeah, uh, it just sucked the energy versus actually how much time did we actually spend in session? Mm -hmm. You know, we traveled for 32 work hours, quote unquote, but we were only in session for four hours. Mm -hmm. Like we probably yeah. could have accomplished everything in four hours of Zoom. Mm -hmm. So I think that people are, are going to have to learn how to get better at really thinking about where do you travel? You know, where do you go to events? Is there really value in all of these events, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah. It just, it just left me thinking a lot at, at the end of this week. Mm -hmm. um, Albany said energy. I think that's good. Like there, I mean, there was more energy that was received from being with people live. Um, you just want to make sure they're the right people, um, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. um, Christine said, I think people value each other in life outside of work much more. There's a bit more understanding that's important to be able to be together, but also lives outside of work matter. Cost benefit is now more at a personal level. Completely agree with that. Completely agree with that. Just any other observations from the travel experience? I mean, besides the weird family? <clears throat> no. Um... No, I don't think so. I agree. Uh, sometimes the investment of the extra time, the extra energy to have a different value, a different outcome, a different level of energy when you're together in person, there's no replacement for that kind of connection, human connection. There's, yes, the tools have gotten good. We could do a lot of brainstorming and collaboration and visioning and strategy through screens. And, and we've gotten like crazy good at that too, but it's a way different experience 
even if the outcome is pretty similar, I think I think we would have gotten to a good outcome in either situation. The experience and our buy-in maybe feels a little different when uh, when you collaborate differently. Um, but I think I already suspected that. That was yeah, just designing those events, designing what you want out of them, and things like that is going to become so much more important. Yeah, um, you know, truly going forward. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I mean, fun conversation. Thank you guys all for the yeah. comment. I really wanted today to be mellow. Um, I hope you're feeling a little mellow today. Um, Jess, anything you want to end on? Like things coming up, um, what we want to talk about next week? Yeah, I cannot believe it's the end of March. I literally can't believe it. So we are closing out Women's History Month. Uh, and I have a great podcast out with RM Podcast, Recruitment Marketers Podcast at Symphony Town. I say great podcast. They have a great podcast platform. I had a conversation about women in work. Uh, lots of opportunities to create, to drive awareness and to educate yourself on how different members of the labor market, your workforce are experiencing or suffering or thriving at work. Uh, so check that out if you wanna see um, what, you know, we had women's, uh, we had equal payday on March 15th this year, Jason, a uh, couple days earlier than last year, but it's still March 15th. Women work till March 15th. If you're a black woman, you work till September 21st this year to earn the same as your white male counterpart. So like understand these issues. This is intersectionality of people and workforce experience. Understand these issues. Um, I have a great guest coming up. I used to work with him at SAP. I have a great guest coming up. Speaking of which, April is Autism Awareness Month. We're gonna talk about neurodiversity at work um, and lots more. I've got like so many people in my back pocket. Look, literally right back here in my back pocket. <laughs> so, I'm excited to bring you lots more amazing guests. Thanks for just sitting and breathing with us today.